to another episode of the mitts and twigs podcast your boys mitts and twigs here to bring all the knowledge all the opinion you've been missing out on uh be pretty quick drop in between the two ups i think so uh yeah you're very lucky out there ty how has your family day weekend been yeah it's been it's been fantastic uh my wife coaches basketball so it's been a lot of uh me and me and the the daughter that's about it and the the wife uh coaching some some b-ball um no it's good it's nice and chill we got snow here this morning so we you know we're gonna go hiking that changed real quick um we woke up and saw the white stuff on the ground because clearly neither of us checked the weather network um but no it's been nice chill relaxing how was yours how was your uh how was your uh weekend your family day weekend i had a great weekend uh i went to visit a couple of buddies uh who are like family and so it was great to uh, to bro down with them and uh, and hang out and have a good time and enjoy uh, all that Calgary has to offer for uh, you know a couple of young men with the with the not a care in the world you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, a lot of the people won't understand why you said young men there, and it's because I'm shook right now. I found out Matt's real age, and I won't uh, disclose that on on air. But damn, he is a, a peak physical male looking like he's 25 and he's quite a bit older. So he's out here tricking me for years. And I, uh, we got in a debate about <laughs> Harry Potter and, and how great it was. And he said he aged out of it. And I, <laughs> I'm still shook by it. I'm still shooken. <laughs> yeah. It's that East yeah, Coast. Yeah. What it? can I say? It's, it's, uh, you know, there's the East coast, uh, it's, uh, you know, back, back home on the East coast, I've got a portrait of myself that ages for me. Uh, so that's, you know, that's part of the secret, uh, magic, magic is, is a great way to stay young. Uh, you know, just good, clean, healthy living. If anybody knows me, you can just say it's all about, you know, eating clean, getting your exercise, getting your sleep, you know, just make sure you're not putting any poison in your body. That's words to live yeah. by. Words yeah. to live by. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you got to experience <laughs> Calgary to the fullest. You, but you, you young gentlemen. Um, did you get up to anything uh, crazy? You know, anything wild, or was it just pretty chill? <laughs> oh, pretty wild. Uh, yeah. Let me just say it involved uh, burgers for lunch, massage chairs in the theater, <laughs> and. Late night rooftop jacuzzi action. Damn, that is wild. Can't say any more due to the numerous NDAs signed <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was great, and uh, can't wait to uh, can't wait to go back uh, to Calgary again sometime. Maybe uh, connect with some other people while I'm there. Yeah, you know, don't be don't be scared to <clears throat> you know hit up those other guys that you might know. There's quite a few. No, I'm mentioning any names. It would, have, it would have been nice, you know, just to, <laughs> you know, connect and meet up and whatever. Not a big deal. But while you were visiting Calgary, or it was right before you were visiting Calgary, there was the biggest blockbuster you could say we've had this season so far. Um, we've had many debates about it this year. Tons of debates. Um, 
about where Ryan O'Reilly was going to go. I had him a lock for Carolina or Colorado. Those were my two fits. I think you mentioned uh, the Maple Leafs in a, in a previous episode. But uh, Kyle Dubas wasn't waiting any longer. He knew what he wanted, and he went and got it, and he paid a hefty price. He uh, he acquired Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Noel or or, or oh, Freak, what's his last name? No, Achari. Achari. Um, for their, a first, a second, a third, and a fourth. That's a huge price tag. But I want to get your instant yep. reaction. Yep, it was great. I want to get your analysis. I want to get how heartbroken you are. He is your former captain now, also wearing blue in a different town. But yeah, what was your what was your instant reaction? Um, honestly, I, I, I'm stoked uh, because you know Ryan's uh, O'Reilly has been it was a great player, and um, you know flew under the radar for a number of years. I think for for mainstream hockey fans, uh, and was able to kind of hit that peak of his career with the blues winning the con Smythe, helping us get a Stanley cup. Um, so forever we'll be grateful towards uh, him for that. And a big fan of his in general. Uh, and he's a free agent this summer. So, you know, who knows, but uh, yeah, no, I thought that was fantastic because realistically the blues uh, and Doug Armstrong is, is might be my opinion, the best general manager in hockey. And I think probably up there in sports in general with the way that he handles things for the most part and assesses things. So he had an open dialogue with O'Reilly. It's it's out there now. He this is you know you can find this in the the Athletic or anywhere else you're looking. And he's basically kind of told him, you know, love you, love what you've been a part of the team, and even had been looking at a position where he was going to keep both him and now traded Vladdy Tarasenko on the team. But this team is just not good enough to do anything this year, and it's time to make a move so asked him where he would love to where he prefer to go if given the option and toronto was his preferred destination what what else could you want than than a kind of open respectful conversation like that and ryan gets his first choice in teams and on t- <laughs> and and the blues got a haul an absolute haul uh for him and Noel Chari, who achari was i mean he, he played really hard for them this year he's a, a kind of a end of the preseason pickup if i'm not mistaken they just signed him off as a free agent or maybe even a a, a tryout a paid tryout i can't quite remember but he wasn't expected to be an impactful player on the team at all but he ended up producing a lot of good minutes for the blues and really probably one of the lone blues that consistently played well this year so um great to see him going to get a chance to go for a run there but yeah i mean all around i think this makes so much sense all around and i can understand how maybe some Blues fans are sad to see him go um, or don't like the idea of trading away a captain or a beloved player. I get that. I don't, I'm not there with you emotionally, but I get it. Some Leafs fans might be a little upset that Kyle Dubas maybe have traded a couple of things that he had mentioned in previously that may or may not be on the table or would require something special. And maybe they don't feel like a Ryan O'Reilly is quite that, but I think it's a perfect fit for their team. Uh, I think that, this is kind of a make or break year for at least the current core and management of that team. And so I think they've got to kind of go for it. And uh, I'm not sure with that payment, you were getting any of the players that you might consider better or with, you know, you know, more quality years ahead of them. And they also, they don't have the cap space next year. They had to bring Minnesota in to take a quarter of his salary. Um, 
So yeah, I, I'm I'm over the moon uh, with what we got out of it, and the fact that it seems like it was all handled in a very respectful way, that you know people were treated well. So yeah, what I, you do. And, uh, yeah, I'll give I'll give Armstrong uh, credit here. I listened to his his little presser he did after he traded Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Noel Achari. Um, I thought it was he he's really well spoken and basically said that. Uh, well, thanks for coming. Obviously, I'd. Uh... We're here to talk about a trade we made last night. I'd like to first uh, start with Noel. Um, I had a good chat with him last night uh, when I told him that he was uh, moving on to Toronto and thanked him for his services and uh, wish him and Kate nothing but the best uh, in Toronto. There's a little bit of guilt in, in, a, in a call like that because when we recruited Noel, we were, we were trying to envision a team that was going to be successful, was going to push for a championship that was going to to be competitive with the with the teams in our conference. And I apologize to him because I didn't deliver on my end of the bargain to give him something, you know, that, that I had talked about. And uh, that's difficult because you're, you, you, you want to have credibility when you're talking to free agents. And, and I, I told him that that's on me, that we weren't able to, to deliver our, our portion of, of what we told him. And... Uh, He's a seasoned pro. He understands that. There's no guarantees, but um, when you when you look at players, uh, Cliff Fletcher, a former manager, used to have a saying. You know, you, you put three columns: overachievers, uh, achievers, and underachievers. And, and Noel certainly went in the overachiever category uh, this year. He's been a, he was a heck of a player for us, and I think he's going to be a great asset to a, a playoff team uh, in Toronto. And then to Ryan O'Reilly, uh, that's obviously a very difficult phone call. Uh, just because of how he arrived, uh, the fanfare that went with his arrival, and then the production that he had, uh, taking St. Louis to a place it had never been uh, as a championship uh, team, winning the Conn Smythe, winning the Selkie, uh, becoming our captain. Uh, I said this to Vladdy when uh, when he left too that uh, I, I'm I fully understand that whatever success I've had as a manager is on the back of the players and uh, no one greater than, than those two players uh, for helping me move along. So I, I want to wish uh, uh, Ryan and his family nothing but the best in Toronto. And they're, they're both going to situations where uh, change is difficult, but uh, they're going to a team that, that uh, is planning on being competitive. Uh, going to have a, a difficult first-round matchup and it's going to be must-see TV. But uh, I know, I think, the success that I have created here in St. Louis is on the back of the players. And that's a huge uh, testament to Ryan O'Reilly, to Vladimir Tarasenko, who was drafted and developed and all that stuff there. And then he also apologized to Noel saying that when, you know, you, you go out and you recruit a player of his stature, he scored 20 goals once in Florida. It was many years ago, but still um, that this is not what they envisioned that I know in our uh, preseason picks, I think I had St. Louis quite high. When you look on the team of paper, it was stacked, um, especially coming off yeah. last year. It was it was just incredible. So uh, the the fall that they've had is, um, I don't think it was really seen. But what I will say is, man, he is he knows when to pull the plug. That are, that that yeah. like that GM is not. Hey, well, maybe we got a chance to get in there. Uh, maybe we can go. To, he has now got three first round picks in one of the deepest drafts since 2015. 
Like since since 2015 is going to be one of the deepest drafts, and he's got three picks now. Granted, two of them are going to be fairly, you know, in the from the 25 to 32 range, but still you can get a nice player there. David Pasternak was drafted, I believe, 26th or 28th. There's still the potential there for them to turn out to be players. Um, but they knew what they needed to do there. They got some some contracts off the books. They're retaining money, and they still aren't done. St. Louis is still not done. They still have mm-hmm. um, Ivan Barbashev reportedly was going to be anywhere from a first to a second round pick. That's if he gets that, that's awesome. He'll definitely get a second. Colton Paranko's name is like being floated out there like crazy right now. I feel like I can't watch like a hockey night in Canada or listen to a podcast about trade deadlines or trade deadline targets without hearing Colton Paranko, which is mind boggling to me because he's got an eight year contract, 6.5 per year. If he moves that contract and gets any value for it, that is incredible. Um, but look at yeah. St. Louis is, is, is looking to rebound quickly here. They still have the option to re-sign Ryan O'Reilly, which is um, an option next offseason or this coming offseason. But this retool is not going to take long. They have some great young players, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo. Um, yeah, their defense is suspect and their goaltending is suspect. But man, if, you're, if you want to watch a master class on how two organizations should sell and retain money, you look at the two Armstrongs, uh, the, the Arizona Armstrong, and the St. Louis Armstrong. I'm not saying Arizona is good. Well, they are in a little heater right now, but they have, they have, look at how many picks they have. It's incredible. So, yeah. and well, and, you look at like the Blues have uh, some goaltending talent coming up in the pipeline potential. So, like, you know, as much as any kind of prospect can be a hopeful, hopeful thing, Hoffer uh, is, is coming up. And so that's, you know, three years from now, kind of thing, two to three years from now, that's probably the hope. Um, and then, yeah, the defense is is the question mark. But, I mean, the, if, if we can move out any of those top four defensive contracts, I mean, Falk, we, don't, we, we probably shouldn't move out because he's playing well and he's, he's earning his money. Krug probably doesn't make sense on the team build right now for, for what he's being paid and what he offers. And Pareko, I don't think that we're going to move him and I don't think we need to move him. But I understand that, people had a lot of hope high hope for his his potential and i think that if anything it's that there is still that hope that that potential could be met somewhere else so maybe a change of scenery will help him become the player that everybody thought he was about to become um but yeah no i I think uh i I really loved what doug armstrong said especially after that all that talked um he mentioned he was like talking about the young guys he's like zachary balduke jake neighbors you know trading away these superstars doesn't make those young guys instantly more mature. So it's not like they're instantly going to be called up. They still need time to develop. Um, Jake neighbors doesn't instantly become a top line player. He's still young and needs time to develop. And so I thought it was great to kind of put that voice that as well is that it doesn't speed up the, you know, the, the development factor, you know, it, it doesn't, it does just a fact. And people often forget that. I think when they see bigger contracts and big names being moved out, that the young guys are going to pull up right in the middle of that, that might not be the right thing for their development. So, uh, but uh, it's funny, you mentioned the other Armstrong and I mean, I'm pretty stoked on the idea that the blues have three first round picks because blues, their own pick should probably be, will probably be a top 10, um, which should be, maybe, you know, maybe even top five. 
and they're going to have two more in the bottom third of the first. Still nothing wrong with that. But they also could potentially, like, say, take two first-round picks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got two third-round picks, so they take one of those. And they've got two seconds next year, take one of those. And what was what's Chikrin's asking price right now? Um, I believe it was uh, what was reported. I think it was a, at first it was a couple first-round picks, a prospect, and a player. I don't know what it is now, but I know it's insanely high because the LA Kings are like clearly look like they backed out. But if yeah. you're thinking yeah. what I'm thinking, it could happen. The other thing that I I, I mean. On that train of thought, I read or I, I listened to Elliot Friedman report that a, a thought that went through his mind. Who's a player that fits in the the age window of um, Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas? He's an RFA. Timo Meyer, right? How quick could that retool be if they go out and they go, hey, let's get another speedy winger, the, similar to the one that we just moved out in Vladimir Tarasenko. A lot younger. Mm-hmm. Lock him down. He'll love St. Louis, and he gets to play with a pass, like a pass-hungry center in Robert Thomas. It would be a perfect fit. Yeah. I don't know how active uh, the Blues want to move first-round picks that they just like, you know, gained. Like especially after you yeah. know, in this draft, I think if it was a different draft, I think there would be a different appetite. But again, like this draft is going to be huge. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, and the way that's projecting is going to be nicely nice for that team too. Now you just hope you don't do the Boston Bruins and you know you have three selections and you know none of them hit. You know, Boston yeah. did that in 2015. Imagine if they had Kyle Connor, you know, Thomas Shabbat, Matt Barzell. Like th- that team would be completely different, right? So mm-hmm. you still have to select players, but there's there's there are roads there that they could go and get players like. Uh, a Jacob Chikrin who, for the love of God, just move Jacob Chikrin. Just move him. Like, just... Yeah. Like, this has got to be hard on the player. This is kind of the same with the Jack Eichel thing. Um, where, yes, did Buffalo win that trade right now? Yeah, it looks like they won that trade on paper. But they still, like, lost value by waiting. There were better offers earlier. And they were like, no, we're going to get a better offer if we wait. And it didn't come, right? Usually it goes lower. I don't know what Jacob Chicken's like price tag is right now. It's got to be insanely high because I think the Kings thought they had a deal done. And for Boston to back out and go for uh, Gavrikov uh, from Columbus is where it looks like he's going. Let's just free the kid. Let's just like let him go. It also doesn't make any sense to me why uh, Arizona wants to move him, but whatever. Yeah. He's incredible. Well, he's still under contract. Well, you're right. I think you're right to point out the fact that they're the price is going down every single day, basically. Maybe not every single day, but it's going down um, as he as he stretched out. The the fewer the less time that there is on that on his current control contract, uh, the less valuable he becomes. At least when you're talking about that crazy price tag that they first came out with. Now, um, I could see. I, I don't. Doug Armstrong is the type of GM that I'm sure he has spoken to every other team about every other possible situation. Like he's just that type of GM that has that kind of idea and pulse and is not remotely risk averse. He will wait. If he thinks it's the right thing to do, he'll pull off the big move. Like 
I mean, look back in the 2019 season when he probably a lot of people thought he was going to do what he did this off this season. Um, but you know, he read it and he decided to trust the team and the players, and they went through. They made it happen. Um, and they've gone and and tried to bring in you know big names in the past. But yeah, I, I think realistically, especially given the the defensive contract situation we have right now. It's unlikely, unless they can move one of them out, that they're going to bring in Jacob Trickern. But I love the idea that they have, they, they basically could do that right now. Like they've got the cap space. They've got the uh, um, the, the the draft stock where they could do it, still keep, like especially if they kept their own, their own first round pick, that would be amazing. And as much as, you know, if you've got the right draft room and the luck is on your side, those three first round picks could be, you know, the future of your team. But there's you know it's it's that unknown you know you want to hope that you get a player that continues to develop that fits the room that fits your everything else and you know that that pans out where why not take one that's there right now with a lot of years ahead i don't know i want to shoot a couple more things at you just to move off of st louis um We'll get to the Toronto side, and I think in a little bit here. But I, I want to ask you three three targets here. Is Eric Carlson getting moved? Because every time, I mean, every time I look at that, and I'm like, okay, hey, how does the money work? How does the money yeah. work? And I get it. Like, I get, yeah. Does Eric Carlson want to be moved? Yeah. Should Eric Eric Carlson be moved? Also, yes. Right. That talent shouldn't probably be playing in San Jose, where he's not going to be playing playoff hockey, even though he's going to have 100 points as a defenseman, which is incredible like a season, right? But every time I look and I try to crunch the numbers and I try to do the math, that is too much money for San Jose to retain. That's way too much money for San Jose to retain. Especially like- And it's too much money for any team to take on. It is. And I, I I would think it would explode the NHL if Eric Carlson got moved. I think the the media circus around that would be crazy. And I'm hoping for it. Like I would love to see Eric Carlson play with Connor McDavid up North, even though I hate the Oilers. I think it would be a spectacle. I think those two offensive geniuses yeah, do they suck at defense. Yes, but that doesn't matter. Watching them on the offensive side would be incredible. And I would totally be rooting for it. But every time yeah. it's just like, why are we getting excited about this? Because it's all smoke. It's all smoke. There's no way that contract gets moved. And if it does, it's in the off season. Yeah. So you agree? No. Nope. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it just made like the, the thing that's being, I think one of the most likely ones that's being batted around is the Edmonton one to your point. Yeah. Uh, and the talk of it would be like Jesse Pugliarvi, uh, um, Tyson Berry, and some probably uh, another body and mm-hmm. some draft stock. And that's, kind of crazy because Barry's been having quietly a good really really good season for them and I get needing to put Pogliarvi in there to because of his salary but that's if I'm not mistaken it's only like one year on that deal right now and like they can't trade him they've been trying to trade him for like a year now nobody will pay for zero value zero trade value zero value and you know they 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 won't waive him because if they as soon as they do somebody will grab him for free because that he's young enough and has enough talent and impact that that would be a worthwhile move. But yeah, the idea that one of the main pieces of that kind of trade is a player that no one else wants to take for yeah. any price at all, it 
for me kind of breaks breaks apart the dream that people are trying to sell that, that this big splashy move is going to be made. So yeah, yeah I, I think it's, I think it's really telling that actually, you know what, I'm going to save that thought because you've got, you throw your more stuff, throw your stuff. Well, I, I'm just going to say you still, to back to that. you, you move out Jesse Pulley um, who I'm also on board with you. Let's free the kid. Um, clearly can have a Sam Bennett effect where he goes to a new team finds his touch, finds a little bit different talking, even I'm going to say another flames player because who I follow the most. Yusuf Alamaki is excelling down in Arizona. I know I put a tweet out about that and they said, well, that's not really excelling. No, it is excelling because here he couldn't even crack the lineup and down there he's playing number one PP and getting points. Um, Justin yep. Pugliarvi's $3 million. Tyson Berry's 4.5. Um, that's seven and a half. You still have to bring in, what is, what is Carlson, 11 something? Right, like, so San Jose's got to eat three and a half or four seasons. Like that's a. Like, I, I could see them if, assuming they can, I could see them eating a big chunk this year. But there's no for way they're five that more. Books, yeah, like. four more seasons, eleven five. I just can't. Yeah. What's the ask? You're asking another team to yeah. keep a guy for three, like three and a half million dollars. Like that's just seems bonkers to me. As much as I'd love to, I just can't see it. And, and we're all going to be pumped up. And we're all going to be excited. And I just, that's the one that like, I wish it would happen, but there's just no way the money works. And that's another fault on Gary's cap situation and the NHL, which now has just been rumored that it's not going to go up hardly anything because of the uh, regional. That's another, the regional deals that have fell through that suddenly owe them a lot of money, but Eric Carlson stays in San Jose, sadly. Yeah. Tearing up. Tearing up, man. Can't handle it. It would be um, it would be super fun for hockey, like watching, and it'd be super fun for hockey nerds like us that would like to see how that works out. But it's not happening. Sorry. Yeah. So here's the other thing. It was it was floated around in our group chat a little bit. We have a bunch of hockey uh, crazy nuts, and it was funny because I, I I know what side I'm on, and it's pretty hard line what side I, who I would choose. Um, there's a crazy rumor saying, well, why don't you just trade Darnell Nurse's albatross of a contract for Eric Carlson's? Um, as much as I, I love that, because I think Darnell Nurse is complete trash, and boy, did he succeed in um, uh, cashing in, you know, um, playing off of the backs of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I don't think he's worth the nine and a half. But who would you take, Matt? Would you take... Um, Eric Carlson, offensive genius, a little bit injury prone, or would you take Darnell Nurse? If I'm building a yeah, fantasy dude. team right now, yeah, and I mean not just in not just in like you know playing fantasy sports, but like mm-hmm. if I'm just putting a team on the ice and I get to pick whomever right now, I, I in a bubble I'm taking I'm taking Carlson over Nurse right now, mm-hmm. but yeah, that... I mean. I, I don't know if I it makes sense to well, I mean, why would San Jose want to take that back? Yeah, boy, that contract's you know? ugly. Why why what would be their motivation to take that on? And I mean how are you gonna re- <laughs> this is the thing, like Tyson Barry makes sense in this in a bit because Same type of he's an offensive defenseman. So if you bring in you're replacing that, the lineup doesn't change. Darnell Nurse does play some defense, and when he's healthy, he is an impact defenseman. Maybe not a nine, 
plus million dollar a year defenseman. Yeah. But uh, I mean, can the Oilers afford to lose anybody on their team that knows that the defensive end exists? You know, is that really, are they, do they really need to, as much as, again, as much as that would be fun, do they, is it really smart for them in terms of succeeding to load up on what's something they're already good at? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, again, if I'm just grabbing, if I got to choose one of those two to put on a team right now, I'm taking Car- Eric Carlson. Like, yeah. it'd be silly not to, but I don't think, I don't think Eric Carlson for Darnell Nurse right now would make the Oilers a better playoff threat. Boy, and if, and if I'm I San Jose, I'm not taking Darnell Nurse's contract back, which is, it's got eight more years at 9.25, no. which is a shit ton of money for, like, I get it. Like, Darnell Nurse logs a lot of minutes. He's he's Edmonton's number one D man, um, and I think the potential was there. I just don't. I just don't think he's worth that amount of money, and I wouldn't want to pay him, even if I'm a rebuilding team. We just went like they're still paying Mark Edwards Vlasic for how many more years? Why would you want to add, like remove Carlson's eleven five? That's only got four more four more years after the season, and add in Darnell's nine point two five for eight more seasons. It makes no sense for San Jose either, unless there was a huge draft capital that uh, would just mm-hmm. propel it like over the finish line. The other thing I want to say about the Edmonton Oilers, which for the love of God, Ken Holland, you make $5 million, build a team that's successful around two really good players. You have a career year in Zach Hyman right now. Yes. You stole Zach Hyman, Evander Kane, home hometown discount, our Ryan Nugent Hopkins wanted to stay in Edmonton, took a hometown deal. Your defense still sucks. Your goaltending has been okay. This team needs to make a splash. It has yet to make a splash with Connor McDavid. I think their biggest deal was Andre Anthony CU when Ken Holland's first year, he paid two second round picks. And I think it was only like four games because that's when COVID year happened. Right. Um, the room, the name floating around Edmonton right now is uh Sir Patrick Kane. Um, to the Oilers. He has three preferred spots um, reported today by Elliot Friedman was uh, Vegas Golden Knights who just cleared up nine, $9 million today by putting Mark, uh, Mark Stone on LTIR um, Dallas and Edmonton of those spots. Where would you like to see Patrick Kane end up? I mean, I, don't care for Patrick Kane. Uh, and I don't think he has much left in the tank. Um, Patrick the other day. I think Dallas makes he the knows. most sense. Dallas makes the most sense because the team is doing well. They kind of have their identity. They've got the goaltending. The defense is good. The forwards are already a bunch of old guys putting up better numbers than they have any business doing. Um, and so I guess, yeah, put him on that squad. He fits right in. Uh, I think bringing Kane to the Golden Knights would be a mistake because I don't think he's putting them over the edge or even like, I don't think he's the impact. Like if they freed up that kind of money, then they should be going after Carlson or something. Like or Meyer. you know, like I know you don't have the draft capital, but like bring in a player that is still like impactful right now. Not a guy whose best years are, way in the past well, well you're not wrong here elliot yeah. also reported that vegas is, is into timo meyer i don't know how they make that work they have zero prospects um yeah. but 
Interesting. They're going big yeah. game shot. Well, of course, with that owner, they're they're going to try to get the biggest name they possibly can. He's done it his whole his whole time. The Vegas yeah. Golden Knights have been around, which is very short. They have had no problem getting the biggest fish. It hasn't worked for him yet. It worked year one. Other than that, it hasn't been you know hasn't worked out the same way. Yeah, I, I I'm with Edmonton, you. Edmonton needs. Go ahead, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm with you. Here's my thing. I I think Edmonton would be. I don't think Patrick Kane's very good at hockey anymore. I'm um, sorry if anybody's listening to this. That not on an NHL Patrick level. Kane, not at the NHL level. Do I think he's good at one thing? Yeah, I think he's a really good playmaker still. Um, do I think he's first line winger? No, I don't think he's playing on a terrible Chicago Blackhawks team. Um, but I do think it would be electric to watch. Shit, it would be electric to watch anybody play with with Connor McDavid because um, I think that's where he'd be slotted right away. Um, so I'm rooting for uh, the Edmonton Oilers to to open up their their wallet a little bit and get one of these assets. I would love to see Patrick Kane. I get why they can't go after Timo Meyer just because they have no money, right? Like they got to move the money out and to sign him. It just makes no sense. This is the team that they want. So if you're going to go get a rental, yeah, you go get Patrick Kane. And I think I don't think the ask is going to be very high because it's going to be really it's three team. It's a three team race, right? It's like Johnny Goudreau in free agency last year. It's like, oh man, Johnny's gonna get paid huge. No, he only wants to go to this spot. So really, he's just shrunk his whole contract negotiation down. The same way Patrick Kane is shrinking Chicago's. Jerome McGinley went for nothing. He went for a first round pick that turned into what was it, Kenny Agostino? Didn't play for the Flames, right? So when these players have all the control, it doesn't mean that they always get the reward, right? The team gets the reward. I just want to see a little bit of electricity from uh, Patrick Kane with Connor McDavid. I think that'd be awesome. And I don't think Vegas, I don't know what Vegas is. I'm, I'm still not like Logan Thomas, like Thompson in the playoffs. Yeah. Cool. Aiden Hill. Cool. Jack Eichel, invisible Jack, right? Where's Jack? I, I don't know. Give me Edmonton. I want the electricity. Yeah. Edmonton needs like, a, a defensive defenseman that can eat some minutes and probably a two-way forward for being really honest. Yeah, but Ken like, Holland has really showed. And Ken Holland has showed he's not going to go pay they, for it. I know. But they don't have to, like, those are the things that they could get for without having to pay through the roof. Like, uh, Ryan O'Reilly and Noah Charlie would have made sense for Edmonton, mm, but yeah. they would never have been able to afford that price. Um, but that would, they would have made sense because it would have been a little bit of extra depth, a little bit of extra quality. Some people that can eat some of those minutes, especially like defensive zone minutes, so that your stallions can run when they have to. Um, but they didn't, they don't, they, I don't, they don't, I don't think they need to go like their, their top six forwards don't need to be improved. That's not the problem. What they need is they need somebody that can help, you know, make the other team pay in with, you know, hitting them and defending mm-hmm. and just generally playing good hockey, but the other side of the, of the brick. So yeah. those, and those, those shouldn't be wildly expensive. Like you don't have to go out and get the biggest one. I get it. I get it. It would be probably fun to for certain times to watch, but it also to, to watch Patrick Kane with, with Connor McDavid. But I also feel like probably there'd be a lot of moments where you're like, Oh, that's pretty sad. <laughs> uh, Kane's like half a rink away all the time because he can't <laughs> keep up with Connor McDavid. Um, yeah, I, and I haven't watched Kane play enough this year to know if he's skating it, but I, I can't imagine that he's 
Nobody in the league can keep up with Connor McDavid. I don't think it's a 35-year-old Patrick Kane. Hey, um, Nathan, Mc, Nathan McKinnon beat Connor McDavid multiple times the other day. Incredible. Give me seven games Connor of that probably, again. Probably, Connor probably had some some like some white flour pasta that just right there. <laughs> That's a lower. Uh, I think we're going to be shocked on uh, defense prices this this season. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I know the Edmonton Oilers. It's been reported that they the players would love a puck moving defenseman. What team wouldn't? Um, I think we're going to be shocked on the Gavrikov price from Columbus. I think Boston's going to give up a huge price for him. Um, I think we're going to be shocked on the Luke Shen price. I think that's going to go for more than what we think. He's about to have a career year in year 33. Like he's 33 years. He's not 33 in the NHL. He's 33 years old. He's having a career year. I'm sure Vancouver's going to sell him high. Um, it's going to be fascinating. Like this trade deadline is going to be weird. I don't know if it's going to be like, like we talked the other day. Um, it, it's going to be a crazy amount of moves, but I think the names you're starting to hear a little bit more. And I, and I just tweeted about it today uh, the Calgary flames decided to uh, no show against the Philadelphia flyers. And the inconsistency has been all season of win one, lose one, win one, lose one longest winning streaks, three games. They did it twice start of the year. And then uh, late December, they have a losing streak, I think, of like seven and a losing streak of five or something like that. I can't quite remember the losing streaks, but there's quite a bit. Um, if there was a year to sell because there isn't a bunch of names out there, I think this would be the year you have a player like Michael Backlund who's playing incredible. You could fetch a ton for him. I don't think you'd fetch the Ryan O'Reilly price, even though he's having a better year than Ryan O'Reilly. There's just not the name recognition, nor has he won a Stanley Cup or anything at any level right now, right? Um uh, you could sell Chris Tanev. Every team needs a defenseman. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's under contract for one more year after this year at a really comfortable cap of 4.5. Um, there's been a lot of rumors about Milan Lucic because he's actually not getting paid the 5.5 million. I think it's under a million dollars after the deadline. I can't remember. I'd have to look back. That, But if there was a year to sell, I think you follow in St. Louis's footsteps and you sell, sell, sell because there's a yeah. lot of teams that are going for it but there's not a lot of players out there. I think there's a lot of fringe teams. that don't know what they want to do like a Minnesota, even though they ended up retaining some of Ryan O'Reilly's cap hit and they got a free fourth round tidy, nice, tidy, nice uh, little business there. But uh, yeah, I know I'm excited to bring it on, but you wanted to circle back to something before, right? uh... Jesse Pugliarvi. Not Pugliari, but I think it's what I was going to say is I think it's I think we're what we're seeing is going to be indicative of a very quiet trade year, mm. um, at least you know the deadline because here we are we're a little over a week away and the there's been two recent impact trades both been the Blues making Three. moves oh, um, which oh yeah yeah okay fair enough oh <laughs> oh geez it feels like so long ago yeah. Um, I think in most years, like there's going to be some some big names move, but there's also a lot of smaller transactions, and there have been some, but like here we are, like ten days out from the trade deadline, and no one's pulling the trigger, because I think that there is, there's a gap between what people, what teams can actually afford to to spend, and what teams are asking, 
I just, I, I feels like there's a weird gap this year. And maybe it's because the West is so wide open in a lot of ways that the teams aren't sure which way they're going. So they don't want to go one way or the other unless they can really make it worth their while. So they're either kicking tires or throwing up huge prices to be like, well, if I can get this for this guy, then yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go for it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, it may clear up in the next week or so. People might a little bit more desperate, but I mean, yeah, two of the biggest centers that were going to be available this, this deadline are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and now Tarasenko, who was probably arguably one of the, the bigger like wingers that we knew yeah. would likely be available is gone. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, it feels like they're, we're going to have a really slow deadline here this yeah, year well... because I, Teams are making; they're not making moves, and they're 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 everyone's still really gun shy at this point, and and not sure where they stand. Hundred percent, there's zero cap space, and then also you're starting to see the teams that were out of it like two weeks ago, climb back into it. Right, Detroit went on a wicked heater. All of a sudden, Tyler Bertuzzi not available. We're going to keep our own rental and go for it. And you're starting to see that, right? This is a weird year. There's a lot of middle teams that <laughs> sometimes they're in, and all of a sudden they're out. They're back in. All of a sudden they're back out. And every owner wants that playoff revenue. It's huge. There's a huge difference. Um, So I think there's probably teams like Calgary that's sitting there like, hey, maybe, maybe it's time to sell a little bit. This hasn't been what we wanted. We, we are a whole new team. We could tear this down a little bit more, get some money off the books. We're already so tight to the cap. And the owner's probably sitting there in Switzerland like he always does. I just want that playoff revenue, baby. Right? So yeah there's that factor into it as well. And I'm with you. I don't know if it's going to be a busy trade deadline and watch. It might be the busiest we've ever had, even though I doubt it. I don't think Max Domi is going to leave Chicago. He loves it there, um, which is crazy. (laughs) Max Domi just wants to keep losing. Um, I don't think Columbus is going to sell many of its forwards. I think Gavrikov is the only one that's really moving from that team. Yeah. I just, the bottom, I don't know. John Klingberg might move. It's going to be fascinating. But here's the thing, like Gavrikov, you know, his asking price, or not his, but the team's asking price is huge. It's and insane. Boston just passed, I think, 91 points today, time of recording. Um, they don't, like, you sure you, you'd want to do something, but what do they really need to do? Like, they, I don't see, and who knows, maybe this is why they're the ones getting paid to do this. And I'm just sitting here recording with you, but I can't imagine why they would want to pay an exorbitant price for anybody right now in the off season. Sure. Especially with this, with their contract situation and so many contracts ending after this year, but like, you're already the best team in the NHL record wise by far. And mm-hmm. you've got probably the top best, maybe the best top first line in the league. Your goaltending is playing outstanding everything is clicking why would you spend a ton of money on a guy who probably very good probably very talented probably help uh but it just doesn't make sense and then you know you you look at team like calgary that probably should pull the trigger but won't um because that's not who daryl is and that's not who your owner is they're 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 not interested in that just want to stay mediocre baby that's all we want yeah just ride me yeah i i just i don't see it this year um it's always exciting when it is but i I think i just don't see it i don't think we're going to see 
um, the the big the big numbers of I don't think we're gonna see the this, the number of trades that we see in past years, which is like usually twenty to thirty deals on that like deadline day, mm -hmm. um, and there's always deals leading up to it. And I don't think we're gonna see nearly as many of the big players that we're hoping move. I think yeah. it's gonna be a lot of player teams holding on to their own players, as like you said, as rentals, and all these you know these these crazy deals that that are being talked about on tv it's it's just for media attention like they know in their hearts this isn't going to happen same as that jacob chicken deal where everyone's like oh he's going tonight he's being sat and there's deals and then within hours all of the teams that were supposed to be trading for him releasing oh. things saying like we we're not you're not i don't know where you got that yeah that was a while meanwhile time. arizona's got him in bubble wrap in his in the fucking press box hey man that's, it's, it's what you gotta do biggest value but here's my i get that too i also thought a deal was in, uh, like and what did they say it was like gonna happen monday imminent yeah imminent. It's, it's happening um the other risk that if when you do know you're selling somebody like timo meyer who is now banged up and injured that does that does you know there's there is risk there um i'm mm -hmm. with you man I, th I feel like we're just we're agreeing on the same thing um I want to just quickly touch on the Toronto side of the Ryan O'Reilly deal. You, you kind of mentioned it at first when I saw the deal come through, I was like, Holy Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? Like that's a, that is a, like a lot for another center. And I get it. Like we have a bunch of Leafs fans in our chat and they're like, yes, finally another center. I'm sitting there. You're paying two centers, like 20 something million dollars. Why do you need another one? Right. Plus Kerford's making $5 million. I get it. He plays wings wing. Uh, but I, I I love it. I think it's a perfect fit. Um, I think their defense is like Mark Giordano's came in. He's playing like on a crazy team-friendly deal. He's been huge for them. I feel like their defense has stepped up a little bit. Yeah, um, that is a scary offensive core. Like that is a scary yeah. offensive group. And you've just added somebody who knows how to win it. You've just added somebody who's going to play gritty, a clear leader, Ask anybody that's played with Ryan O'Reilly, except for the Tim Hortons he drove through. Um, <laughs> don't ask that owner. I'll that go owner. follow that, through, baby. That, I'll go follow through. That owner hates him. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm sitting there. At first, I was like, hate it for the Leafs. I think I think I just do that because I don't like like I hate talking about the Maple Leafs. But I'm sitting there. Yeah. How is Kyle Dubas not locked up? I get it. Like some people yeah. hate Kyle Dubas and has he done a ton? I don't know, but his moves seem to have worked out. I guess, you know, like John Tavares got there before Kyle Dubas was there. Um, Austin Matthews was drafted before Kyle Dubas was D GM. The Nylander deal that was highly criticized is the steal now, right? Like it's a complete steal. Anybody would pay William Nylander that amount of money. Lock him up. I just can't see... And it, and if they do go out the first round, which would be highly entertaining, and I would love it, but uh, is Kyle Dubas going to be a free agent? That's what I'm asking. Is Kyle Dubas going to be able to pick any team he wants to? Even though he loves the Toronto Maple Leafs, he's clearly added a bunch of Sioux guys from his days in the O. Is he going to be a free agent? I think he will be, and I think a team, another team, will gladly pay him a boatload to bring it in because, especially. Like, if you're a team that has been struggling at all or has not reached the heights that you thought, and 
you know, and basically <laughs> Kyle Dubas is exactly the guy that the Maple Leafs wish they'd be able to, if they let him go, it'll be the exact type of thing they wish they could bring in, which is a guy coming with a pretty relatively good track record. Like you said, it's hard to really fully point to a lot of things, but he's, he steered the ship and he can't make the guys not choke. Like that's outside of his control. Um, but he's never been afraid to pull the trigger. He's kind of brought some, held the, he's made the moves. He's the type of guy that like a franchise that's looking to turn things around or show their fan base that they're serious and committed and and, and not going to pull punches. They'll bring him in and it'll be a very, everyone will be happy and it'll be that move. But uh, Toronto can't do that now because they basically probably in a lot of ways sign themselves because either, either the, the, the season doesn't turn out well and then you, can't really justify bringing him back or the season turns out amazing and you know what maybe he's like no you know imagine if they win the state of the cup he's like oh i've done what i thought i was going to do here and now i'm going to go make four times as much uh in la or in san jose or somewhere amazingly warm and sunny all year round where they get paid three times as much and pay half as tax much taxes it just reminds me of that situation with the blue jays where they let their their gm walk and he goes and wins uh a world series with uh who was it with cleveland i believe it was with cleveland wasn't it yeah i, yeah, I think yeah. it was yeah and and then all of a sudden the blue jays fans are like oh man we had him we have the guy and it just yeah. it's, i get complete deja vu from it and i think you you don't lock kyle Dubas up i think he's gonna sign for some weird reason i do even if it's uh not the the not the outcome they get i still think uh, you just can't let that guy walk He's, he's good at his job. Sadly, yeah. I, as much as I hate the Maple Leafs, he's really good at his job. But I, let's let's finish with this. We've been going for a little bit here. Let's finish with the temp check. We've now seen the St. Louis Blues trade away two stars. What's the temp check down mm-hmm. in STL? In the big brick city. I mean, it's uh, it's it's not hot and toasty, but it's not frost, frosty either. You know, it, it's... It's got a slow burn, you know. There's 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 some phoenix going to be rising from this this burnt down dumpster ashes, uh, <laughs> and not the city of Phoenix. Goodness, um, no, it, it's man. This is this is why Doug Armstrong, uh, at least you know as a fan, I I love him as the general manager, and and I a lot of I think hardcore fans do uh, because he has that even honest assessment and when he feels like makes a decision or an assessment he goes through he follows through with it he doesn't have any ha he doesn't just let see wait see what happens he makes things happen so um, this is a team that wasn't playing good enough and the money invested and the talent was there but they weren't they weren't playing up to their potential and so he made moves and now we've got three first round picks going into one of the deepest drafts in now a decade uh, we've got talent coming up that that's going to be able to make that jump more uh quickly when they need to if they need to and the world is our oyster you know this isn't like uh you see a lot this is i think the perfect example of what a retool is where the you know jordan Cairo, rob thomas the young stars and then the the future stars are in place right now it's just about bringing in other pieces, getting rid of some of the older contracts, older players that aren't going to benefit or benefit from being around for it. So 
I don't know. Temp is good. I don't know. Uh, we, we have a really wonky system with this. Sometimes it's cool when it's smooth and sometimes it's hot when we're on a heater. But uh, the temperature is uh, it's a, it's a very comfortable room temp. Let's say that. It's got to be a little bit exciting knowing that you are doing retooling. It's always exciting, like watching your team sell assets, which sounds awful because those players have wives, families and all that kind of stuff. But as like drama um, and as like being an audience, watching it all unfold is, is, is it's exciting because you don't know what's going to happen. And when you do have an active GM, anything can happen, right? Like it, 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 it's gotta be fun down there right now. Like not fun that you're losing hockey, but fun that you know that you're about to take this, this new chapter, that chapter is closed, closed with the Stanley cup, hell of a run. That group deserves all the praise that they've earned. Um, and now you get to start it again with a, a great freaking core. And that's gotta be exciting. Yeah, and it's it's it always feels good to have a clear direction. Whether that direction is, you know, we're retooling, we're rebuilding, or we're going for it when you know what's the what the goal is and you see what the, you're working towards it. It's when you don't really know. It's like that, I mean, you know, it's like the situation, let's do a temp check for for Calgary when you have a lot of talent and you have high-end talent in their prime, you've got some young talent that could take a step in but some guys that are playing inconsistently um i mean i, I watched the first period today of, of that uh philly uh flames game and Sorry. like flames were all over philly all over they got shut out sure not shut out but shut down in the first period anyways by a, a goaltender playing fantastic an unheralded young guy and then they got they got a snipe show but they're down one nothing. The period's over. Like temping Calgary. What's yeah? What, basically, how you, how basically that's it. Like you keep out shooting these teams, but really that's just like basically you're in the, you're in the desert and you see this water and this ocean and this this beautiful palm trees, and it's not there. It's not real. It's all fake because the high danger chances were only ten to nine, right? So yeah, you're firing a ton of puck on that. Cool, you're firing it in the chest. There's no big rebounds. There's nothing juicy. It's just like a bowl, and I know you love it, but it's just like a bowl of still dog water that like no dog is touching anymore, and it's just like boring, and there's some crumbs in the bottom, and you want to like change it up, but the owner of the dog likes that bowl of water, so it just has to stay there. You know what I mean? So basically, we're just super mediocre. Super mediocre. It's not fun hockey. The one that went, like you just said, yeah, it's fun to know the direction of a team. Well, Bradshaw Living is out here saying, oh, we're going to go get like Luke Shen or we're going <laughs> to add a four. Don't add anybody. Sell, my guy. Because this team, they keep saying, hey, if we get in, we can beat these. Bro, you can't even beat a goalie that has five career starts and play and plays in Philly. They lost Travis Konecki. They lost Ivan Provorov for a short spin. Now you're telling me you're going to go out and you're going to beat Gorgiev? You're going to beat Jake Ottinger? No, you're just not. Right? Like mm. you there's it comes a certain time and you see it a lot in like in organizations where like the fans are screaming rebuild, rebuild, retool. You see it in Vancouver, retool. And the owners like they have their just fogged glasses. They just they just they don't want to look. They don't want to think that it's true. They just think it's all hey. If we get in, we got a shot. You know the chances of that miracle happening are so slim. 
And you know what? Mm. If you if it does happen, like the Montreal Canadiens happened, you usually get your ass kicked in the Stanley Cup Finals because there's a better team there waiting for you. So have a direction. Sell if you're going to sell. If you're going to buy, go all in, I guess. Do it. But you're going to hurt yourself in like three seasons when you realize Nazem Kadri playing at the age of 36 sucks ass, right? Like, so I don't know. The temp check is... I don't know what the temp check is. We freaking, it's just mediocre. It's still dog water. Whatever still dog water is. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it has been a wild nine months to, In Cow to Town? see the Calgary Flames. Cause last year, obviously, at the end of the season, going into the playoffs, you guys, your team was flying. Flying you all year. You had the goaltender, you had the defense, you had the offense, you had everything in there. Um, and, like it does for 15 of 16 teams to make the playoffs each year. It just didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So be it. But then you take your two, two of your young hot stars. And when we, if we go back to that point, two of your hottest young prime coming into the prime players uh, and they leave and they're replaced by two players on the complete other side of their prime mm. and Mackenzie and Mackenzie Weaker. Huberdeau's younger than Goudreau, but that's all right. Well, he's playing like Goudreau <laughs> this year. Well, to be fair, to be fair, Huberdeau is about to have the biggest like career fall off, like points wise in NHL history. So take that with what you want. <laughs> um, so that is, nobody would have projected that. It's unbelievable. Um, I will say, I just want to touch on the Alan Walsh comments that he made this. Pre- you didn't, pre- you didn't predict, you didn't predict that. You didn't predict that. You were all. I've been coming for it every year. I know you have been. You're not a Hubert Huber fan. Um, I will say that I do agree with Alan Walsh, Alan Walsh's comments about, um, just doing the same thing over and over and over again is insanity. And basically I feel like we've, uh, we've watched the Daryl show happen before. It was highly successful in 2004. His GM run was terrible. It was uh, just set, set the flames back numerous years. And we're just watching the same show. We're just same show every year. It's like all of a sudden they make the playoffs. Don't make the playoffs, make the playoffs. Don't make the playoffs. I would love to just hit a re reset. Just reset the whole thing new gm new voice new face new coach you have a whole new team and and, and that's where i'm with the calgary flames uh, am i gonna watch every game yeah i'll probably watch every single game because i'm dumb and i hate my time but <laughs> at the end of the day an organization has to look at themselves in the mirror and be like what are we really doing here and i i, I understand that they signed Kadri. i understand i understand that they gave huberdo a huge amount of money I understand that they paid Mackenzie Weger, who has been the Calgary Flames' best defensive defenseman this year, a buttload of money. But you know what? Contracts get moved. Players get moved. Um, the owner, the manager, and the coach really just have to like look at what they're doing and decide, yeah, should we maybe resell, I mean, sell or should we go for it? And just come up with a plan because right now it feels like a team with no plan, no identity. Daryl Sutter won't name a captain. The owner, I mean, the GM doesn't have a contract after this year. There's just a lot of question marks after a really highly successful year last year. 
And now I get to watch Matthew Kachuk light it up in Florida. So I love my life. Yeah. Well, but, I just think this offseason, you could be welcoming new GM Kyle Dubas and new head coach Sheldon Keefe. Yeah, Calgary Flames will not open their wallets for that GM. <laughs> Look at their history. It's usually a first-time GM and a first-time uh, head coach. So shoot me. That's the temp yeah. check. Well, I mean, <laughs> how, how exciting. the uh, Again, uh, when we're talking about uh, unsubstantiated rumors uh, to get excited about the the there's none with all due respect to all the the Timo Meyer rumors all of the chicken rumors uh, all the Carlson rumors the most exciting rumor is the idea that uh, the Flames would trade trade Mackenzie Weger for Colton Pareko which oh, be still my beating heart how how wonderful that would be. Uh, Mackenzie Weger is not going anywhere. Be. Mackenzie Weger has been, you know what? For all the Flames fans that out there bitching about Mackenzie Weger because he turns over the puck a couple times every like five games because he's trying to create something offensively because the forwards won't. Um, look in the mirror. Like he's been unbelievable this year. He's top five he, with two different D partners. He's top 10 analytically defensively, which is like insane. He, he carries up Nikita Zadorov. I don't know. I have a lot of time for Mackenzie Weger and a lot of fans saying let's trade him need to be never mind. But yeah, Colton Pranko is not coming to Calgary. Maybe you could trade a second round pick for uh, Klinkberg. They're going to trade a second round pick for Luke Shen and a prospect. It's happening. It is happening. Who's your favorite prospect? Because that's who it's going to (laughs) be. I think it's going to be Poirier on the defensive end, who's been electric in the AHL. He puts up a ton of points. Um, or it'll be, yeah, it's going to be Poirier in the second round pick. It has to be. Basically, I remember Daryl Sutter started the year and it was like a first game or first couple games against Vancouver. And he was in there. I got lots of time for Luke Shen. He's like a captain. And I'm like, are you freaking, you're saying like that guy's a captain, but you won't even name a captain on your team. Like he's destined to be a Calgary flame destined. Yeah. But well, if Edmonton was smart, they'd trade Pujarv in the second for him. That's, that would make more sense for Edmonton's Yeah, it does. Actually, it makes run, a ton of but, sense. Yeah. And, I mean, Vancouver loves mid-wingers, so. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Another one. Any... Hey, what's that? You've got a middle six winger who's not from Canada? Does he oh, make maybe. $5 million? Please tell me he makes $5 million. <laughs> he will if he comes to Vancouver. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. <laughs> oh, baby. All right. Well, gang, when you catch us next, we will be days away from trade deadline. Um, so fingers crossed for all of our entertainment purposes that things are going to be heating up. Hopefully people get wild. We've got a mm-hmm. lot of GMs uh, looking at uh, new contracts. So, you know, they got to earn that money somehow, some way. So, We'll see. We'll see you then. And uh, my goodness, uh, so far, it was just like two or three weeks in a row where we've dropped an episode and a player. A, you know, we, we dropped yeah. our episode and Horvat got traded the next day. We dropped an episode and I think Ter- Tarasenko got traded the next day. And then last week we dropped an episode. And uh, arrived. And, or, I guess. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we're on a roll. Uh, man, I can't wait to see who gets traded uh, when we finally get around to put this one up.
Me too. It's going to be Gavrikov because we've talked about him like four times today. But hey, keep it. Keep your eyes open. I have a little special guest next week. Uh, you know, maybe in the works. We're, we're we're working on it. We're working on it. But uh, yeah. I'll let you finish your your uh, our famous outros. <laughs> Just dwindle on and on. <laughs> for myself, mitts for my man Twigs. I'm just going to take that uh, last little dart, that little shot in the heart. I love our outros. My captain, <laughs> my captain, all of you listening, uh, thank you so much for uh, for being with us here today. Can't wait to see you next time. Be kind to each other. Take care. Thank you.